There's a lot of ordinary people being rich and being successful and people think it's an exclusive club and that's just not true. The crazy part about business, you only need one hit, just one. The only difference is that I start. Noah Kagan is a serial entrepreneur, a successful YouTuber, co-founder of AppSumo, and was also employee number 30 at Facebook and number four at Mint. Go be around excellence. I was around the highest standard on earth. Sean Parker, Peter Thiel, Mark Zuckerberg, Dustin Moskovitz. All these people are elite. When you're going somewhere in a car, you're like, of course I want a destination. Then why don't we replicate that in business? And Zuckerberg did. That's what I do. Today he helps people start businesses, grow businesses, succeed in business, sharing the lessons he's learned from some of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. For 20 years, I was just so obsessed with creating money and getting money. And I was not really obsessed at all enjoying life. And I'm not trying to be like Mr. Beast and be the world's biggest YouTuber or be Zuckerberg and be a billionaire. I'm trying to be Noah Kagan. And everyone should figure out how to be themselves. The Icon is a show where we learn life lessons from those who may shape the icon in each of us. Today, we're talking about business success, how to make it happen, and the life lessons learned from entrepreneurs who have paved the way. If you start asking people for things, you can start getting things. If you don't ask, you can't get. You're just gonna get what you get. You're not gonna get what you want. You have to have some level of dream that's bigger than your fear. That's a t-shirt, wow. Noah Kagan, welcome to the Icons by Motiversity. Thank you for having me, this is awesome. I, I'm cool to be an icon. Right? It feels like, when, when did that like moment happen where the icon label got attached? Uh, <laughs> like, what out of the room my mom was like you're destined to be on this icon youtube channel one day and i was like i hope so mother there should be like a hall of fame i feel like and then you would like officially know no you know i, I would say you know a lot of the, the interesting thing about success is that it's always externalized right it's like that person is an icon that thing is successful they're doing well and and i really think it's like when do we finally feel like we're doing what we think our potential is and that is the, our own icon, our own legendary status. And I would say around 40 is when I finally felt more internal validation. And I stopped focusing on and so much of the external validation. Like how much money do I have? Do I have more than that guy or girl? Did I get more views on this video? Did I do the things externally wanting versus like, am I doing really what I want? And am I proud of the hard work that I'm doing for myself? And around 40, I would say I'm, I'm really proud of what I've been able to do. Do you think that was an age thing or do you think that was like literally just the tipping point of you'd done lots of stuff that was pretty cool? <laughs> I've done a lot of things, man. I've been swinging for a long time and that's something that's available to everyone. And, and I, I do think that's missed out on that. There's a lot of ordinary people being rich and being successful and, and people think it's an exclusive club and that's just not true. So at 40, I think I just finally over compounding a long amount of time of doing a lot of things, finally getting to the doing the things I actually really want, I felt really proud of the things I'm doing. And yes, it does seem that other people are excited about all this stuff, which is great. You know, we, as any business owner, the number one thing you're focusing on is who's that customer. That, whether you're creating a video or you're whether you're creating a, a lawn mowing business or a software business. And so at 40, I felt like I've done a lot of things that have helped enough people, impact enough people, and I was really just proud of myself. And so whether I had a million subscribers on YouTube or 100,000, it really wasn't as different as me just being proud of what we're putting out that's inspiring people in business. And I, I'm truly just proud of our content. I'm, I'm my number one fan these days. I probably, I, you know, I watch more of my videos than anyone else. And I also reply to the comments on my videos to all the people who do leave comments. And that, that's me. You know, it's one of the tests we have on our, in our business is, are you actually watching the stuff you make? And if, if you can't answer a yes to that, like, that's a really good place for us to start in terms of where we'd go next. Oh, yeah. You know, it's interesting if I think back, I mean, even in your intro, talking about employee number 30 at Facebook, number four at Mint, 
it feels like you've kind of had this knack to be in the right place at the right time. And I'm guessing that's not luck. Like, what do you think people overlook when it comes to being ready for the opportunity when it's there? There's a lot more smarter people out there than they give themselves credit for. The only difference is that I start. That's the biggest difference, right? That I get going in it. So take Facebook. I was just an RA in the dorms. You know, I was at UC Berkeley and I, I was helping make sure the students there were doing well. And people sent me this Facebook thing. And, you know, maybe how I'm able to be a part of these things is that, one, I'm also observant and I'm curious. So it doesn't mean you go chase every fad. Like, you know, right today, a lot of people are chasing content creation or they were chasing crypto last week or they're chasing blogging years ago. And now AI, everyone's chasing. And so what I'd recommend for other people out there, and I've been able to do this literally, oh, fuck, man, I've, ch I've chosen so many trillion dollar markets. Uh, to be around. And a lot of my success is just because I'm in the market and in the market as well. But I'm curious about these things, number one. So I was curious about social networking and I was like, oh shit, that's big. Because I got onto it and I finally, I was able to see like, wow, you can connect with the entire world, even though there wasn't really the entire world at that point. So curious, same with mint.com. I was like, man, money, I think worldwide, it's pretty important. I, I think there's going to be something if you have a free money tool, that's going to be big. Same thing then with Facebook games, that was going to be big. Then I did payments for games, that was big. And then I did kind of a Groupon business, which is, became AppSumo, that was big. Then we built sumome.com, that was big, which is a software tool. So ideally, number one, you're curious. So I can talk about my crypto thing, because I think that's kind of an interesting example of it. Number two, how do you get a part of it today, right now, not how. Don't worry that you don't have a website. Don't worry you don't have a big social media presence. But what can you take action on to put yourself in that space? So can you be in a community online? Can you geographically move? Can you start creating in that space? So I think people are curious, maybe, and they, they can find it, but they don't necessarily try it and understand it, and they don't do anything about it. So even with crypto, got involved. I heard about it in 2012, didn't do anything. I thought it was stupid. And then in 2016, I had to buy an illegal uh, NFL stream. That's how I got into crypto. And so I bought this illegal NFL stream on a website, seasonsforyou.com. And I saw the power of what this could be. And then I started buying at that point. And that's where it's now become a multi-million dollar portfolio. And I think the biggest thing for everyone out there is, what are you doing on your phone all day? There's probably something in within there that's a billion dollar opportunity. Same thing on what you're doing outside. Same thing what you're watching on content. Uh, and just being a little bit more curious and then taking action around that. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean... I think that that even comes through in your content, like the curiosity part, but also maybe just that like boldness to take a step. You know, I think about some of the interviews you're doing with some of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time, people who you know are billionaires, millionaires. I mean, it comes through pretty clearly. And and part of that's, you know, being able to reach that person. But I think part of it's you've just been able to almost walk up to people and get stuff started. It's this like first step ability that seems pretty cool. What are you learning from those interviews that, has surprised you the most? Yeah, I've interviewed, there, there's 3,100 billionaires on the planet. Whoa. Which is not that many. So if you need to, if you want to meet one and learn from one, that's a really great cheat code of life. And they're accessible. And so taking a step back around interviewing billionaires on our YouTube channel, and then myself running almost a $100 million a year business at AppSumo.com, it's the power of asking is the most powerful thing that no one is really improving on or really getting started on. And that's available. There's no exclusivity on it. So the upside of asking is unlimited and the downside is a moment of dis discomfort. And so everyone can ask. You know, I have people come to my house all the time. I have a multi-million dollar house, which is insane. I used to have really cheap houses for pretty much 20 years. 
And no one asked me like what I do. Even my boxing coach, he comes over or the gardener comes over or the house cleaner comes over. I'm, I'm like, yo, what did you do to get this? And I just think more people should be doing that. And so with the YouTube channel, really, if you start asking people for things, you can start getting things. If you don't ask, you can't get. You're just going to get what you get. You're not going to get what you want. And what I mean by that is if you ask your dentist, like, hey, you did pretty well in school. How's that going for you? Do you have a wealth manager? Or if you see someone that owns a building, contact that building. Hey, uh, I just want to know how you did this. And I think you'll be surprised what you can get and what you can learn, really, which is really interesting. So that, that's part one. The second thing with, with this YouTube channel from interviewing billionaires and millionaires is that there's so many different ways of getting rich. I come from Silicon Valley. My, my stepfather's a software engineer. My, my, my father came to this country, didn't speak English. He sold copiers door to door. And I just kind of thought, okay, I love tech. I'm going to want to be an entrepreneur. I don't have a day job. That, that seemed risky to me. And I didn't, I thought that everyone else is only, you can only get rich on the computer and on these worldwide webs. I didn't know how to do it, but I thought that was the only way. And so through the YouTube channel, it's been so powerful and so special. There's Larry Janeski. He's making $600 million a year on basements. You have this lady, Jan, which I guess it's kind of funny. Her name is Jan. She does jam. <laughs> she got rich selling strawberries. Uh, there's Michael Hudner who did ships. There's Rafa and James who did energy trading, right? There's, there's such a, fan, a phenomenal variety of people that are getting rich outside of just computers. And I think that's so exciting to think about, hey, what is the area that I really like? Is it cooking? Is it doing landscaping? Is it computers? And, and the ability in that to, to create a lifestyle and a lot of money around areas that we're interested in. So those are definitely the two major takeaways from the billionaire specifically that I've gotten to interact with. I've worked directly for Zuckerberg, Dustin Moskovitz, Matt Kohler. These are all billionaires. Sean Parker, I've been around Peter Thiel a little bit. Um, I think the, the two biggest kind of surprises, two or three of them, one, they didn't set out to become a billionaire. I've heard some of these other YouTubers like, I'm trying to make a billion dollars. I was like, well, the billionaires I know never tried to. They just really cared about a problem. And yes, you can probably do it one way, but almost all the ones I've seen and worked with, which is more than most, have really just been interested in solving something that a billion people or a lot of people are interested in. Now, the second part of that, uh, which is less talked about, is that most of them didn't get to become a billionaire or super rich for 20 years. And recognizing that and being like, okay, cool. If I can be patient and focus on longevity, I can become a millionaire, multimillionaire, maybe billionaire or beyond. And that's what it is with all these people. And lastly, all of them got rich on just one thing. I see a lot of people with day jobs. I had a horrible day job. Everyone's got a, it's great to have a horrible day job. Everyone should get one shitty day job and one and get fired at least once. Then you realize how good you have it. I'm like, thank God I don't have a boss. Thank God I'm not anyone's boss. I hope to never be. But all these people, specifically Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, all these people really just did one thing. But everyone who has day jobs is like, I'm going to create four passive income streams and I'm going to do 55. I'm like, well, that's cool. But what the, the crumbs of the most successful people on the planet are just doing one thing. So I'm, I'm going to probably go over there and copy them. So for myself, it's like I just do AppSumo. This YouTube thing I spent about 5, 10% of my time on. And AppSumo is software deals for entrepreneurs. And that's the thing I do. Everything else, business-wise, besides that, I, I kind of lose money on, which is a, another funny story. I, I mean, I feel like there's so much to unpack in that. I mean, even just the, where you started with questions, I think, if, if, that's the, like you said, that's the skill that nobody talks about, the, but the power of that, like what that can do and the downside with being so negligible, like it's just, it's, it's mind-boggling. 
And, and I think that patience thing, like just recently we interviewed um, Valtteri Bottas, F1 driver, and I asked him what the number one thing is that allowed him to get where, where he is. And he said, patience. And I thought, you know, this is the fastest sport in the world, and he's saying patience. Like, it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, it's that thing where if you just try hard for a long time at one thing, that can take you pretty darn far. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing to think about that, that power of compounding almost. Yeah, I think people know these things. We all know it, but it's hard to do it. And it's then hard to do it for a very long period of time. So one of the my newer, not even newer, in the past decade, let's call it, strategies, is how to set less ambitious goals. <laughs> you hear all these, like, I'd say fake entrepreneurs or fake coaches. They don't, they don't actually have any real businesses. Uh, they're like, you got a 10x today, and you got a 5x. If you're not 5x, and you're failing. And I was like, I've done that, but it's also interesting. What if you, our goals now for, for AppSumo.com is to grow 10% next year. And it's been that for, for quite, a, quite a lot of time. And the reality is, is when you set less ambitious goals for yourself, you can stick with them for longer because you're not burnt out. You're not tired. You can sustain. And then by having less ambitious goals, you also have creative freedom because you're not stressed about hitting a target. And that gives you the ability to create 10x opportunities because you're like, okay, cool. I'm not worried about making money in that, but I can go do things that potentially, you know, be moonshots and really drive the company for the future. It's interesting that like, even just that goal setting, because it is pretty counterintuitive. I mean, there's that idea of, you know, shoot for the moon and or shoot for the stars. I mean, wherever you land, you're happy with it, right? I mean, it's, it's, it feels like... I think the moon's further than the star. No, stars that's are right, further than the moon. Right. Shoot go, whatever it is that's really big out there. I'm on Earth, dude. I'm not trying to go out there. I don't know all these people want to go to Mars. Send them out there. Leave me to Earth. I'll take it. It's that longevity game that just feels like if you can do this for a long time. Yeah, there's not enough credit given to people that make good decisions consistently over long periods of time. I remember, you know, I worked for Zuckerberg directly. And the crazy part about business, this is kind of the craziest part, at the same time, you only need one hit, just one. So as long, you know, with, with Million Dollar Weekend in the book, one of the biggest breakthroughs for people is just getting started because Zuckerberg really has done one thing. He started Facebook. <laughs> That's it. Everything else he bought, nothing else that guy has come up with has been good. So if you think about that for choosing a husband or wife, you just, if you could find one great one, you're done. And you got to keep working on it for a long period of time. But the same thing with business. Like I tried 24 different businesses to finally get to AppSumo to finally eventually get rich. Right. So yeah, you're swinging, you're swinging, but just one works. Awesome. But I, I think people don't swing enough. They don't even get started swinging. And that's, you know, they're, they're not ready on the sidelines. And it's, there's never, a, there's never a good time. The best time is right now. It's not yesterday because that passed. It's not tomorrow because you don't know. It's right now. I mean, you touch on Zuckerberg and kind of the early days of Facebook. Did you do you think he knew it back then? Like if I if I can just do one thing, fantastic. Like that's it. Was he, was he that singular, that clear? Yes, yes. He he is exceptionally gifted. People thinking one, he's weird as hell. Let's let's acknowledge that. Uh, he did do other businesses. He also built Facebook in a weekend without investors, without all these things. So I I, I want to encourage people that it's available and accessible worldwide for free, whether you're in India, South America, Austin, Texas, Barcelona, you know, Ed, Edmonton, doesn't matter. It's available. The thing that me, people miss out on, this is something that I had to learn through business coaches in my own business journey. His vision in the beginning wasn't to create a massive empire. It was like, I want to, I have a problem I want to solve. Like I'm lonely at Harvard, <laughs> you know, like I'm alone in my dorm room hoping to get a babe. That's, that's real talk from, from him. He maybe not have said, babe, he might have said a different word. And building a website very quickly, he copied someone else. He didn't even invent it, right? He copied the Winklevosses and did it in a weekend, launched it, sent an email, 
to the mailing list and it blew up. Now, as things get going, your vision should change because things change. And so I think that's what's also impressive about him was he did say like, oh, I'm going to build this project. Let me see what happens. And as it was working, he was very clear. And this was one of the most impressive and, and great learnings I've been able to take away from him was like, as he, as the business got going about a one or two years in, I, I joined, I joined 2005. He, at that point, when we had 10 million people, he's like, we're going to have a billion people on this site. We had 10 million. No one knew us. Everyone thought MySpace was going to crush us, which now it's, it's kind of insane. No one even knows MySpace. But think about in your own life and your own businesses, like what is the thing you're looking forward to and excited about? And it could even be small. Like one of my phrases I like is put it on the calendar. What's on the calendar? What are you looking forward to? And with AppSumo.com, we have this vision of distributing software tools specifically for entrepreneurs. I'm like, holy shit. People are like, you want to sell? I'm like, no, I've got some shit to do. It's on the calendar. <laughs> and Zuckerberg had this vision at the same time, you know, 24. He's like, I'm going to connect a billion people in the years to come. And that's exciting. And that was the only thing we focused on. I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a bootstrapper. I don't like investors. I don't want bosses. I don't want to have to, you know, do sales and things like that. Cause we, you know, just to get these people a return at that time, he was very focused. And I, I went to him many times. I was like, can we please try to make money? Like I built Facebook ads, I helped build Facebook mobile, I helped build Facebook status updates, which didn't really, no one really wanted, which is now the main thing on Facebook and Twitter and all these sites. But what was fascinating is that at that time of making money, he's like, no, we just care about getting to a billion people. And that level of focus was so impressive, especially at 24. And I think that's something that we can all copy. Like what's the one destination you're trying to get to? And, and when we drive, Tyler, like when we're driving in our daily lives, no one ever is like, I'm just going to drive and see where I end up. No, you're like, I got to go to the 7-Eleven or I got to go to the mall. I don't know. Why am I choosing old school stuff? I got to go to the taco store. I don't know. What do people go these days? <laughs> I don't know. I got to go to the pickleball court. You're speaking my language with malls. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, 43, so you're, you're right in the right wheelhouse. Yeah. I, you know, but the point is, is that when you're going somewhere in, in, in a car, you're like, of course I want a destination. Then why don't we replicate that in business? And Zuckerberg did. And that's what I do. And that, that seems to be the the thing that works for, for specifically for business, probably also for life. Like where do you want to end up and how do you work backwards from there? Reminds me of this as you're talking about that getting in a car, did an interview with Dan Pink, author of Drive and a bunch of other, you know, fantastic uh, best-selling books. And he talking about how, you know, how hard it is to make decisions, but also how much you can trust the decisions you can see. He said, when you get in a car, you know, on a foggy night on a mountain road, you can't see the final destination. But you can trust that your headlights are going to see every corner in time. And, and it'll get you there. And I, it, that stuck with me so dearly. Like, I just feel like I, I, can't, I, you know, I can't see three moves ahead, but I can see one. And if I've got that final destination in mind and I can trust the corner in my headlights, like, that's, that's good enough to just keep taking those steps. Yeah, I think most people are just still sitting and they're, they're, if they want to be a good cook, they're just watching another YouTube video on how to cook. But to be a good cook, you have to eventually get in the kitchen. So you have to get going right now and get going on these things to be able to get there. The other approach that, you know, is an AppSumo value is test and invest. So you don't have to go make big production. Like all of our YouTube videos now on our channel cost around twenty dollars to $30,000 per video to make. You know, Mr. Beast is a million or whatever per video. We're at $20,000. I'm, I'm like, that's a lot of money. So if I'm only doing two videos at twenty dollars to $30,000 a video, I want to be pretty sure they work. And so how do you do that? And this is what you can apply in, frankly, in all parts of life. And what you were saying, Tyler, which I love, is how do you test it? So if you're driving, don't just drive really fast. Like drive really a little slow and just kind of see, all right, well, it feels like I'm on the right path. And you keep doing that. Same thing with YouTube. Instead of putting out two videos a month, put out a video every day for 30 days. 
or do 100, I call it the law of 100, stick to at least 100, and then make that decision. And you could test a lot of these things and then find what works and go more further with it. Most people are like, well, I'm going to build an app for six months. I'm going to build a super big YouTube video. I'm going to spend a month on it, put it out there. No one wants it. You could have found that out in one hour. And if someone wants it, great. You could do a lot more of it. I feel like I'm going to jump a little bit over the place because there's so much I want to get to with you. One of the, what you, you brought up a couple times, like being a boss or having a boss. I mean, A, you've had iconic bosses, which is kind of cool. But B, you know, you made that jump from having a boss to starting businesses. What's the biggest difference between those two things? You know, being an employee versus running your own thing. It sounds strange, but the best employees are founders. <laughs> You know, I was just out of a meeting with Sean. Sean's 27 years old. He runs an $80 million business unit at AppSumo, which is the majority of the company. And I would say he's a CEO. He's a founder. And if I had to boil it down, to, there's a lot of different things. And I'll give you a, a specific mentality that really works well. But I would say the success of a founder and success in, as a, if you want to be an employee CEO within a company is how are you being resourceful? How are you solving the goal and the problems and the priorities with the resources that are available? Most people sit and they complain like, oh, I don't have this. Like there's a lot of people, I'm not getting paid enough. Well, what are you doing about it? Did you put together a proposal? Did you go look at comparison analysis? Did you go create more revenue so it's obvious that people should get paid you more? Uh, that's probably about the 98%. 2% like Sean and, and others at our team are saying, here's all the money I made for the company. Here's comparables. Here's the salary you should pay me. And you're lucky to pay me this because <laughs> it's so less than I'm generating from the business. And let's do it in this time frame. It's resourceful. He's figuring it out. And I, I, I would say that's probably if I had to boil it down to an essence, then I, I'd say the success within AppSumo.com. And really, if you look at all the, the best CEOs today, the ones that I admire, almost all of them are immigrants. You know, my father's an immigrant, didn't speak English, came to this country. Uh, Satya, Microsoft, name these companies. I mean, just most of them. The guy running Google, Sundar, uh, a lot of the ones. I mean, even Elon Musk, who is debatably a great CEO, you know, South Africa. And so what is it with them that we can all learn from? And at AppSumo.com, we have Eamon from Iran, my father's from Israel, Alona's from Uzbekistan, Sean is from London, uh, Vanessa's from Colombia. Like... You know, what is it about immigrants that we can all copy? Because that, that is what's, what built America was, we all came here from somewhere else. And so the two things that have really struck with me, and I saw this woman who exemplified it, her name was Sharon. And she kicked so much ass and she was working basically at the Best Western serving breakfast. And I, you know, if you've never been to Best Western, it should be called the OK Western. <laughs> right? It sucks. It sucks. But she was working like she was at, you know, the, the Four Seasons I could not believe it. She's like bringing me pancakes. She's doing all these things. And she was acting like a founder and, and, and an immigrant. I would say she is an immigrant. And I asked her, I said, you know, tell me more what's really going on. And she's like, there's two things. It's my attitude and it's my effort. That's what I, I took from talking with her. It's her attitude. Cause that's in control that you're totally in control of your attitude. And that's what I look for when I work with people and we hire people at AppSumo.com and her effort. There's literally no restriction on effort. There's no law. <laughs> the only law is 24 hours. Besides that, you can work as hard as you want. And I, I think immigrants uh, have been very successful from thinking, I got to figure this out. I can work as hard as I want. I'm going to do at least my best attitude around that. And I think one of the things that's common, especially for employees, is thinking that they can't escape being an employee, right? I, I thought I couldn't escape being middle class. And through, you know, it does take time, patience, and belief 
and vision, and vision sounds so ominous, but a dream, a fantasy. And through that, that you can create the reality that you can move outside of being the employee if that if that's your dream, which I think everyone should be an entrepreneur, whether that's a millionaire entrepreneur, billionaire entrepreneur, at least some type of entrepreneur. I find that that all pretty grounding. I mean, that that ability to control your attitude, your effort, that oftentimes it's coming from certain places. It's coming from a, um, you know, a journey that might bring you to a new country, referencing something you've come from. You, you, you know you've got those things in your control, attitude, effort, and, and game on. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty grounding. You ever noticed why some, you ever, when you think of someone, Tyler, who comes to mind when you're like, that person, I just know they're going to succeed. Like, who do you think of when you think of that? It's a good question. There's uh, the, the one that's coming to mind. So uh, my partner in, at Motiversity is, uh, is Joel Huckalock. And I met him. I was, you know, kind of prof type figure at a university here, consultant. He was just graduating. And I remember meeting him and feeling like, if I could buy stock in somebody, like, this is the person. And I didn't know why. But it was just like there was something about the way he processed problems, his attention to detail, his kind of focus on stuff, the size of his vision. And it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And one of the things that struck me as we've kind of worked closer together, it took us some time to figure out how we were going to partner and all those things. But um, he just, he's so willing to learn fast. And it feels like no matter what gets thrown, it gets converted into learning. And as a result, something good's gonna come from this. And so again, just like over time, that shows up in pretty positive ways. But as you, as you asked the question, yeah, his name definitely jumped out. Yeah, how about you? Who, who did you meet that felt like, no question this person was going somewhere? Yeah, I, I was thinking a few things where, you know, for Joel is his name? Yeah. Zuckerberg had a giant vision. And I, I do think you have to have some level of dream that's bigger than your fear. That's that's how you can get going because we're all afraid of something. Whether That's a t-shirt. That's like, uh, holy, wow. Yeah, so your dream has to be bigger than your fear and the dream of, of what you're excited about. And then the reality is that you can actually get going towards that dream sooner than you realize. Now, the second thing you commented on, Joel, which is amazing, is that you said learning. But what I think of learning, I think of failing. Because <laughs> learning is something you, you don't know. Like I'm learning Spanish and all I'm doing is failing all the time. My girlfriend's like, it's poor, not para. No, it's para, not poor. I'm like, I, I, Dios mio, baby. I don't know. But that's failing over and over again so that you can get to some point that is the dream of being able to speak fluent with my, my partner. Uh, I would say Sean. You know, we were, you asked who I think of. This, this gentleman, Sean, at AppSumo.com, he came in as our junior salesperson, 21, just out of college, and in an immigrant from the UK into America. And he was willing to have a good attitude, work hard and figure out things. And over six years, he went from making, I'm not gonna share a salary, but his today's salary, but like making, I don't know, was it 42, 50,000? It's a lot of money as a 27 year old. And that's, that's, it's his money. I'm just, he's just taking it. You know, I'm not even, it's not even mine. <laughs> he's creating it. I think that's a great way to think about how you can get paid more. Like a lot of people in companies are like, I want to get paid more. I was like, well, are you making the company more? No, that's why you're not getting paid more. There's a reason, like we were doing bonuses recently. Uh, you know, engineers make, you know, a quarter million and customer support people make 40 to 50,000. It's like, okay, well, you, know, you can be an engineer or you can be a customer support manager or you can move around and figure out how are you creating more value that the company then can easily give you more of that money. 
So yeah, Sean would comes to mind as the person who has done that. He wanted more and he took more. He didn't wait. You know, I would say with him as well, he's not waiting for someone to give it to him. Whether it's going to be with us, it's going to be with someone else. It's, he's just going to take it. And I'm glad that he's a part of it with AppSumo.com. You know, you touch on money and it feels like as I come across your contents and the, the conversations you're having, the people you're meeting, it feels like money's almost like a touch point in that. And I, I was curious why, like, a, is it, you know, the obvious um, or is there something else about like learning from those who have figured out money that's drawn you in? Do, do you believe everyone wants to be rich? No, not at the deepest level. No, no. We want to feel good about ourselves and proud of ourselves. And in our, in our, in this society, you know, maybe in the alien society, it's different, but in this society, we have determined that the exchange of value for money is, is how we're going to operate. And for 20 years, I was just so obsessed with creating money and getting money. And I was not really obsessed at all enjoying life and enjoying the money. And that's something when COVID happened that, that trend, 180 my life. And I'm grateful for it. It was definitely unfortunate for a lot of people. I was just grateful that it brought up, okay, well, if this is not forever, how do we enjoy this life? And so a lot of my learnings and, and what I do in our channel is to inspire, inspire people to be able to do their own things in business journey. And that doesn't mean to be a millionaire. I will say, I will, I will say with hundred percent certainty, being a millionaire is awesome. The ability to go to the grocery store and you're like, just give me the things I want, go to the, go to the supermarket and not worry paycheck to paycheck, not worry about it. Like I actually instill more like, okay, I should wait more to buy things. Let's delay that gratification instead of just getting everything I want. When I go to these billionaires, one of my favorite questions is how do you enjoy money? But what do you regret about the money? And almost all of them, they will say almost, they're either saying it or the, the, what they're actually saying is that they regret not spending more time with their family. And only a very few were able to balance that. And that's something that stuck with me where it's the reason I left San Francisco. I didn't want to talk about funding and employees and uh, how big your company is. I don't care. I really, you know, what I'm interested in is like, how good is your life? Like, how are you with yourself? Not even necessarily you have to be this donor person. I think that's, that's, that's one way of a great life. How are you to your partner? How are you to your parents? How are you to your friends? How are you to the people you work with? And I think money is very sensitive. And I think we're taught a lot about how to create it, but definitely there's much more there as well, how to enjoy it and different things that people enjoy. Like I enjoy, I enjoy watches and bicycles and I enjoy, I enjoy having a nice house. I never did any of these things before. Cause I was like, ah, I should just keep saving and saving and saving. And with COVID, I was like, maybe let me enjoy a little bit in the areas I'm spending a lot of time. And, and those are the areas. And then watches was also just, how do I, how do I, how can I represent pride in myself? Like what I've accomplished in different areas. So, I, you know, me and my partner are, are pregnant. She's pregnant. I, I did the easy work, you know? And so I got a Rolex with me and two other buddies. I bought three Rolexes, Pepsis to honor that. And that's super cool that I can, I can do that for us and for them. And, uh, money enables that. I'm mean, going to be just as happy without it. Yeah. But I would say having money to be able to have a nicer house, uh, be able to have a house, you know, live in Spain without worrying about the money and, and these type of things, it makes life so much easier. Yeah. I, I mean, congratulations. That's a huge life moment. Um, you know, we worked as, a, as humans for hundreds of thousands of years before we invented money. I mean, like it's something else is in our DNA, but it's also this like fascinating metric, this like one thing that is pretty clear it's 
pretty darn helpful. And for people who say it doesn't matter, I mean, you don't need to travel very far to, to prove that wrong in lots of ways, but it doesn't mean it's the only thing that matters. And I think finding that like combination of how does this help my life, but really at the end of the day, it's about life. Like it's about a great life, I think is pretty powerful. And, and even, you know, the fact that there's that kind of pattern of regret that you're finding across those who have made a lot of money. That, Very big pattern. Of yeah. Regret. I mean, I would say that everyone should be an entrepreneur, everyone, because if you get fired today, what's your backup plan? Go on indeed.com and pray. Like having an entrepreneurship where you can have your own business and if you start it right now, not how, you just get started. And that, a lot of what, what we cover that is exactly a million dollar weekend. You could do it in a weekend, which everyone has. They can change their life in 48 hours. You have the option. And a lot of people, let's take appsumo.com. We have a lot of people who have very successful side businesses and they're happy with their day jobs. And that's great. And there's other people like myself that were always frustrated having a day job. And so I wanted to create work that I didn't have to work at. And I do believe there's a, a misconception and something that most people get wrong is that you can't do what you enjoy or passion or dream about and make a lot of money doing it. I don't believe that. It's, I mean, this is interesting because I, I, I started to wonder as I was looking to your story, why YouTube? Like, you've already had success. You've already done lots of things. If you wanted to ride off into the sunset, like, you've already figured that out. So why pour your time, and I, I'm, get, I'm hearing it, you know, it's 10% of your time, but why pour it into sharing this message with other people? I'm fascinated by that yeah. choice. Yeah. I like it. That's it. You know, I, I've been doing social, not social necessarily, it wasn't even social back then, it was just alone media, <laughs> solo media since 2000. And I love it. I love putting material out there generally around starting businesses. I love who it connects me with because I'm social and, and putting myself public. I can meet all these really interesting people and that, and whether you're getting going or you're established, you can get that happen. You can make that happening. I even connect probably more than people would expect with up and comers. I call them prefluencers. I just love connecting with people who are the, the next generation. Cause that's where I get to learn from. And yeah, I, I talked to my wealth advisors this year and they're like, you know, you never have to work again. And you could, you could pay, you get 20,000 a month for the rest of your life. And I was like, when am I dying? Is this next year or is this, is this longer? You, go, you guys want me to die soon? Like, no, no, no. You can live, you know, let's say 80, 90. I was like, oh, I'm going to try to live to it forever, but we'll, let's take a uh, hundred. And I think that's a great way to approach life. Where if you didn't have to work, what do you want to work on? And my days are pretty much set like that where mornings I don't do shit till 12. So I can work or I can do nothing. A lot of times I read, journal, hang out with my girlfriend, play pinball. I got an arcade upstairs, which is awesome. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I'm like, it's, I, we should all feel lucky. By the way, whether you're super rich or low rich or starting rich, like if you zoom out of your lives, it's awesome. You can breathe, you have hot water, you have microwaves. Like our lives are so much better than we, and this is something I've struggled with for 20 years. That's why I'm sharing the message that our lives are so much better than we realize. And that sucks if you're, if you're small rich, I don't like saying poor, small rich, then you're like, oh, well, I'm not rich yet. And it's like, well, just take a step back and how, how's everything really going? Just take, a, take an evaluation. You're healthy, you can walk, you can use a toilet, you can pick up your pants. Like there's a lot of good things going on. And so coming forward with that, if, if you don't have to work, what do you want to work on? And then how do you create some money out of doing that? And eventually, yeah, I, can, I get paid promoting deals at great prices that I can use myself. That's great. And the same thing goes with YouTube where, yeah, I, there, there wasn't a thing where I want to build a brand and I need a bigger ego. Uh, I, I think one of the most powerful things that we can all work on is how do we have enough? 
And for me with YouTube, it was just like, I got excited to put out videos and I didn't do it with a videographer. I didn't do it in a studio. I did it with my camera shirtless, right? And I'm not trying to be like Mr. Beast and be the world's biggest YouTuber or be Zuckerberg and be a billionaire. I'm trying to be Noah Kagan and everyone should figure out how to be themselves. And so being myself, I like making content. I like getting to meet John Paul DeJoria. I like trying to do some stupid challenges. Sometimes I like doing them, sometimes I don't. And I'm always proud of myself afterwards. And it's something that I, I get excited connecting with the audience and seeing them be inspired in their own journeys. And it's just been a great process. So now, you know, I talked about a million dollar weekend. If people are interested in that, getting going now and how do you stick law of 100, do 100 videos, and then you can quit. And what happens after 100, you're like, ah, maybe I don't wanna quit. And that's what I did. And for myself now, and this is what we talked about with billionaires early on, I'm trying to do 10 years of content. So I want to do this for 10 years. Most, if you ever see like content creators, most of them give up really early. Give it, they give up after like one video <laughs> or the super popular people give it after three, three years or maybe they're, and they're like, ah, I just, I was tired of making videos for others. It's like, well, start making videos for yourself. And I, I'm really excited about the content we make. You know, we're trying to, uh, today I got, I saw that the in and out founder is this woman I'm like super excited. Or Sheila Johnson, the founder of BET. I'm like, oh, that's super cool. Let's go talk to her. Can we make that happen? I want to talk to Dave Portnoy. Guy's a psycho. Seems super interesting. And by the way, you know, I have these dreams. We have these visions of who we want to meet. And it takes a lot of time in sticking with it and persisting, you know, with asking and asking and asking, just like I teach in the book to eventually get them. And at the end of the day, if people want to think about what they want to do with their lives, you know, we'd ask about YouTube. What do you want to work on for free? Work on it really hard. And, and no matter what, if the outcome's not your trillionaire, you're getting a lot of views or no views, generally you're pretty proud of yourself. And I look at our videos over the past two years, I'm like, damn, I'm proud. <laughs> I'm just proud of our team. I'm proud of the, the customers and audience that likes to enjoy our content. So one thing that ever, anyone could do right now, go to your phone and just scroll, scroll down two years and look where you were. And every time people do that, they'll be like, holy shit, I'm so much better than I was. And I like that with my YouTube stuff where I look two years ago, I'm like, oh, that was cool. And I'm really proud of where we are now. And it's exciting to think where I'll be in the next two years. So in, in general, it's just, I like it. Do you, do you feel like you, I mean, we talk about that kind of, you know, most billionaires, you know, focused on a problem. When you look back through the, you know, you said you've been creating content since 2000. Like, do you feel like there's one problem that's kind of tied all your stuff together? <laughs> So long, 23 years. Most of your viewers are, are not as old as my content. Um, you know, and, and this is the thing that's it's really relevant for, especially if you're getting started, right? I just wrote, I wrote about the girls I was meeting and my friends in high school on my blog. My blog now is noakagan.com, but it was called OK Dork. And I was just writing. I just got started. And I enjoyed it. I was like, and by the way, if you don't want to be putting in public, which I think everyone should, you could be behind the scenes in public. So Jeremy, uh, who ran the channel from 100 to a million subs, you don't ever see his face once or twice. And he likes that. And now he's building a six, seven figure agency helping others do it. And so for me, it took time to get to, to find what worked in YouTube now. But even with my content in general, uh, it was starting in 2000 writing about, I love import cars. So one of my businesses was everspeed.com, still on the domain. And I just liked import cars and import car girls. So I would like go to the shows and take photos and put them online made a little bit of money, maybe a hundred dollars, but I was like, okay, and we keep posting these things. And by doing all that eventually led me to figure out, okay, how, what do I like to do in my career? By trying a lot of stuff out, I found that the, the underlying free line, this is what I like to call is my free line. What am I going to do for free is promoting things. I am a promoter. 
Like people ask me like, Hey, I have this pharmacy website. How would you promote it? I was like, I wouldn't. Cause I don't know shit about pharmacy and I don't care. This guy, uh, two weeks, uh, two weeks ago, I helped him start a golf business. I don't care about golf. I care about margaritas. So if he's starting a margarita business, I can help him. But golf business, I was like, I can help you. You should always start businesses in your zone of influence in the problems you're excited about and see who you have access to to make yourself easier for you to succeed. And so coming back from my own journey, it was going and doing operations at Intel, which sucked. Then I did product management. I was like, oh, this is kind of okay, but I don't like you know working for someone else. Then I did marketing at Mint, even though I never did marketing before. And then I noticed that every time I'm doing things, it's really just like getting the word out about things I like. And that's available for everyone to figure out for themselves. So you can just think, what would I do for free tomorrow if I could do anything? Or if I have $10 million in my account, what am I going to do? And then just make that your career. And that's what my career is. And it took time to get there, though. And I, I think that, again, coming back full circle, it does take patience to find out the things we want to do. I, I, you know, if we're not an expert day one, we're like, ah, it's too hard. It's like, no, it's day one. Give it some time. Yeah, that combination of get started and patience. I just think that, like, that's like ringing in my, in my mind. You, you talked about Zuckerberg getting started you know, on a weekend. What, I mean, what was it like? I mean, go back to the early days of Facebook. Like, what was like the thing that would shock us the most or kind of surprise us the most, whether it's like actually shocking or just something about the experience that, what was it like back in Facebook? I'm trying to think what would be most shocking. There's a lot of shocking things, but probably the most shocking was just how much conviction we all had about the mission. All of us, I don't know if I would kill people, but I would have gone to jail for a long time for Facebook. And that was everyone who was there. We were willing to kill for what we were doing. You know, we're not Navy SEALs. We're a bunch of tech nerds, you know, <laughs> can barely do nothing. And uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff around it. But really, I would say what was most shocking is just how con convicted we were about what we were working on. And I think that's something to think about for everyone. Like, do you care? A lot of people that work at AppSumo.com love entrepreneurship. They strongly believe that everyone can be an entrepreneur and we can provide accessibility through great software deals that anyone could buy a great tool to help them with their business. It doesn't even be so prohibitive. And I think that that's, a, you know, anyone could copy that, whether it's in a you know restaurant, whether it's in a making candies, whether it's a software business, whether it's e-commerce, whatever that is, content. You know, if you look at some of the people who create content, that, like Mr. Beast, I will say, I give him a lot of credit for that. That guy loves making content. Uh, and there was crazy stuff at, at Facebook at the time. I mean, some of the crazy stuff. Zuckerberg was ahead of his time. And, uh, you know, we, he paid, they paid for all of our parking tickets because he's like, I don't care. Like, it's more valuable for you to be at the computer than worry about where you parked. They just paid for all of our tickets. And he would do a lot of things like that where, you know, maybe the crazy part is like, what's really your goal and how are you really ignoring everything else? And if the goal is to get to a billion users, which was our goal... Let's ignore everything else at all costs. So he did, they had free laundry. They paid for your housing if you lived within five miles. They paid for free tickets, free food, free drink, which was, it was early when, for people to do that. Now it's more common. But it was, how do we remove everything except what's important at all costs and no exception? And he was ruthless around that. I'd say the other thing that was probably most shocking, and I, 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 in your 20s especially, or if, if you have the ability, like go be around excellence. Like I was around the highest standard on earth in specifically in business at a very young age. And I feel very lucky to be there. Sean Parker, Peter Thiel, Mark Zuckerberg, Dustin Moskovitz, Mark Andreessen was an investor. Uh, the guys from Benchmark, uh, who's it? Charlie Cheever, Andrew Bosworth, Adam D'Angelo, Naomi Glyde. All these people are elite 
Aaron um, Glebe, Saleo, like these people are the best in the world. And figure a way, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. This again, we come back to resourcefulness to be around that and understand what the standards can be. And there is something beautiful about how much higher that you can hold yourself to a higher standard, just understanding what levels of standards there are. And I'm talking standards of like how much they care about the font. The fact that Mark would go through the website and he'd find a, a link incorrect on the help section at 3 a.m. and send it to you. And you'd be like, all right, let me get that fixed right now. Wow. I mean, the, the, I think about the environment you were in, the opportunities around lessons you had to learn. What's, what's the hardest lesson you've learned? I mean, at the time, for it was about a 10-year depression, is that everyone's replaceable. <laughs> I was grateful to learn that early on in my life. That was a very hard lesson to learn, that we all think that we're special and that, you know, if you have a day job, that can be taken away from you. And I lived with six people. My phone was Facebook. My friends were Facebook. And to have that all removed, to go back, I worked at Intel before, and I moved back in on my friend's couch who worked at Intel, and I felt really ashamed. And that, that was the moment I would never again let that happen. That was hard. Yeah. Think a lot about the difference between like a job in your life's work and a job that can be given to you and taken away by someone else versus that thing that you want to do that nobody can take from you and you can give yourself full permission on. You know, you, you spoke about 40-year-old Noah. What about 20-year-old Noah? Like, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Yeah. Hey there, little buddy. <laughs> uh, a few things. I would focus a lot more on positive self-talk. I, I was very externally validating, like Facebook fired me. I'm so angry. I suck. These guys are better. I'm never going to make it. How am I going to get rich? I'm not rich yet. Everyone else is rich. So I really would have liked more optimism and just positive self-talk. And how, do you, how you can do that now is that anytime you criticize yourself, say a positive thing. This is borrowed from my buddy Tynan. He's something I've worked on by 40. So if you're like, oh, I sucked at this thing. Why don't you, so you could say that. That's good to say. Fine. The next thing you say is, oh, I'm learning. That's okay. You're learning. Hey, you didn't do a good job at that. Okay, well, I can do better next time. Great. Just more. Just, and you do that over time and time again. That builds up your self-confidence and your self-worth. So that would be number one. See, so number two would be patience and optimism. Again, optimism. So just patience. We're so, all these cliches are so true. Like, oh, the destination, not the journey. You know, don't worry about it. And I was like, shut up, dude. I'm poor and I want to get rich. So I don't care about your, your shitty journey. <laughs> and I made it much harder on myself and more frustrating when that is the whole experience. The whole experience is the journey. And so I would have liked to have been, hey, you have a vision. You have optimism that it'll work out. You're talking positively. Let's be patient that you will get there. And I, I do think I ended up at a similar destination regardless, but I definitely made it a lot more un, unsatisfactory along the way. I think the last thing I would tell myself is, and this is probably more surprising as well, is the importance of partner selection. So your mate selection specifically. I never took myself very seriously and I never took that seriously as well, where I just dated whatever I got. I didn't dated what I wanted. And so I wasted a lot of time around that. So for 20 year old Noah, be, talk, more, talk more positive to yourself, be patient and have, be optimistic around the future that'll work out and be more intentional about what you want and, and who you're dating. I think I would just be like, oh, you'll date me? Sure, I'll take it. Please don't leave me. And then as I got older, I was like, what do I really want? Not what, I, what am I getting? And the best way to get what you want, you got to ask. 
So I asked for a woman and she's amazing, but that, that took time. And I would have, I would have preferred doing it in twenties and forties, but I'm glad I got there now. You know, you talk about full circle. We started with kind of 40 year old Noah. We were talking about 20 year old Noah, the, you know, externally validated all sorts of stuff. And somewhere between that, you know, came up this word icon that, you know, you've, you've done something extraordinary for a long time shaping an industry. And I think, you know, what we get to ask icons is what do you hope your legacy is? Yeah. I don't believe in legacy. I know, I know you want an answer and I'll make one up, but I just don't believe in it. What I think the question that's, that's powerful for me is like, if there's no legacy, then how should I behave while I'm here? Right. And I think that's a great way to live life where if there's not going to be some bench that people, you know, the bird shits on with my name on a plaque <laughs> and all the things I do are erased afterwards. How do I do my best while I'm on this planet? Now, I think one way that everyone can think about it for themselves is that if you want a legacy, which is, I think the best way to leave a legacy is how are you leaving a blueprint of how you behave and your preferences so that other people can replicate it. So at AppSumo.com, we have a thing called mom master operating manual and the same thing for the YouTube channel. So this is, are the ways that whether Noah's around how we do our annual planning. This is how we behave as teammates. This is how we test things. This is how we double down on things. And so for the legacy, I'd love to leave some blueprints for the way I've lived my life that ideally if others are interested in, that's what Million Dollar Weekend is for business. Like if you're interested in making a lot of money and getting going soon without spending a lot of time and money on it, like this is my blueprint. Uh, so that would be around the legacies I want to live. I mean, I think, I think that's the answer that I was hoping for, that real answer that feels like that's, that's how you make sense of this word. And, and to not believe in it, but to pour your energy into this moment is really clarifying. You know, for the guy who was number 30 at Facebook, number four at Mint, starts two massive companies, has touched millions of lives around the world. It's a big question to ask, but what's next? What is next is more of the same. <laughs> As I've turned 40, I'm less obsessed with what's new and I'm more obsessed with what works. And so what's next is more of the same. And what I mean by that is, is that I love running AppSumo.com. There's a lot more software tools we can help promote for entrepreneurs. This book comes out Million Dollar Weekend. And you know, I do think if people want to start businesses, they'll be able to, to do that. And I look to spend some of my time uh, making YouTube videos, 5 10% a week. I love doing that. But I'd say the biggest next is my family. So reducing the amount of time on all these things so that I can be present as a father. So more of the same and really reducing time, delegating, so that mornings and frankly, whenever, and luckily being an entrepreneur, like I want to be available for my partner and for our kid as much as I can. Not even as much as I can, as much as I want. Maybe, it'll, maybe I won't want it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, these guys are, these kids are tough. Oy vey, I'm going to hire a lot of staff, practice my leadership skills. But no, really just, uh, I, I had, I did have great parents. My father was in and out. And so I want to be able to be the parent, I've, I'd, my dream parent, but the, the combination of all of my parents plus some. Uh, and be able to be that. Noah Kagan, I feel like I've learned a lot from this conversation. I want to thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me.